Welcome to another episode of the Ska Dads podcast. Uh, I'm Bob, and I'm joined uh, tonight with uh, by my co-hosts uh, AJ and Ryan. What's going on, guys? Hey, what's up, man? How's everyone doing? I'm doing great. Something's going nuts right now. I have no idea why. Yeah, your house. Yeah. Sitting. I'm sorry, your dog's sitting, right? No, I just have three normal dogs. I'm waiting oh. for your dog to come over. Dog sit next weekend. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Well, uh, you, you don't. You know, you don't actually sit on the dogs, right? Like that's. You know what? Sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. I think sometimes you have to, man. It's all exactly. Crazy. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, we, we've taken a little bit of a break uh, in the summer. It's kind of been like the dog days of summer in Maryland the last few weeks here. So it's been really hot. And uh, anyway, we, we have another episode uh, we put together uh, for everyone. Well, I was going to ask, like, so what have you been doing during our little hiatus? Um, from podcasting. Well, for myself, I've just been, uh, you, you know, just honestly, even though it's summer, just working still, really haven't taken too many uh, vacations or anything like that. Uh, just doing things around the house, painting, and uh, organizing some events for the future for some fun stuff to happen. But uh, that's about it. I've been working on the Vespa again, and so I'll be at the garage tomorrow. And uh, hopefully I get a running scooter this summer to hopefully enjoy a little bit of it. Do some riding. Nice, nice. I'm with you. Um, we, we did the floors and the office and the bedroom. I don't know if I told you we painted the bedroom pink. Because oh, wow. Pink, so it's pink now. I'm going to say pink repeatedly because the freaking bedroom is pink. Is it like a vibrant pink or like a dark pink? It, it's a color called... 30 minutes in Marrakesh. So it's a little bit of a sandy pink, but it's still pink. I've been I've been painting too. So I think we've all kind of been uh doing regular house chores. Yeah, I don't know. Every time we talk to each other, uh, like through text, like we're always doing something around the house that involves uh some sort of like yeah. manual labor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the Scott life, so it is, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we're in the midst of it, but uh, this episode I think is going to be kind of fun. We kind of we're kind of like freeballing it a little bit. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, but we're going to talk about fashion. So, uh, who who chose this topic and why did they choose it? I, I think we kind of just stumbled upon it as I mean it makes sense first of all because I think fashion is a huge part of the scene and with the music and stuff and. Um, you know, we're, we're just coming to try and talk about some ideas. And uh, one of us just brought up the idea of like Fred Parrish or something like that. And, you know, let's t- try to uh, like dig in a little bit. And I don't know, it's a fun topic. It's one of those topics that like encompasses not just ska, but like every other part of us, like the other subgenres we're part of, the things that we do that, again, outside of ska world, ska dad stuff. Like, I know I dress a certain way at things where my kids go. It's kind of Scott Dad, it's kind of not Scott Dad. But if it's like a ska show, we do straight up Scott Dad mood, so. Yeah, and I guess, I guess, I guess you have to kind of define like uh, the subcultures when you're talking about fashion too, right? Like um, um, going to a ska show and multiple like a lot of the songs and a lot of the bands uh, that play in the ska scene aren't necessarily all ska bands. It kind of encompasses punk. Um, you know, there, there are offshoots of ska as well. Like, um, I feel like a lot of like early reggae often gets lumped into like the ska scene, like a band like the Agrilites. Um, and I don't know, like even like other more current bands, like bands like the Loving Poppers, they play more reggae than, uh, than ska and so everyone and and then 
anyone on stage could sort of represent, you know, there are people that represent like the roots uh, movement, like, like, like Rastas. Uh, then there's like people that are more punk. And then you also have, uh, you know, rude boys and rude girls and scoffing. So it's like, and then mod and all that stuff is all kind of like, you know, you see a band, you might see five or six different representations on stage of, of, of different subcultures. Yeah, and I mean, it's, it's it's a way to kind of identify what style you're into or how involved you are into the music, the scene. And obviously, it's just a way to, you know, identify oneself into that culture. And, uh, you know, since we're talking about fashion, I'm pretty sure we're just going to be sticking to you know, like the ska scene and uh, the styles of that. Because yeah. there's obviously different styles uh, through the eras. And even today, uh, something that's probably, might be like a cheesy example, but something that's into like more traditional ska or like standard reggae, it's going to dress a, a different way compared to somebody that's into uh, ska punk. Yeah. Yeah, but, but I'm saying like, like you still kind of see that representation at a show. You, like like when you go see a band like um, like the Specials or the Pie Tasters or um, I don't know I even like a band like um, like like there's so many different people represented like like I, I think that's one of the coolest things about like the ska scene it's so like diverse it's not like everyone's wearing a uniform kind of thing like, and that's the thing about fashion like you'll see a lot of different styles and that's and that's that's sort of uh, everyone's coming together under a common like musical interest, um, kind of like unites everyone. I don't know. Yeah, like for me, it's like you're there for the music. Like sometimes you're going full sus. Sometimes you're like, it's a Tuesday. I'm tired. I'm worried what's coming. Yeah, and I, I think fashion's changed a lot since um, you know, like when I when I got into like the ska scene, I think fashion was a little more important than what it is now i feel like i don't know if it's my age but or maybe it's like the, the generations of people like i feel like fashion's almost taking a back seat at times uh to certain things um but but not necessarily all the time like so i, don't I, I kind of agree in this one for me like like being young how easy was it to get the the cult stuff, like how he was it to get a polo or a nice button up or a sweater versus nowadays you can do anything you want and like you don't appreciate it as much. Like I remember like when I got one of my first ones, I wore it three days out of seven days. Just because like it was the only one that I had. I was 16 and I was like, I'm going to pretend I'm cool. And then nowadays it's like I have so many, I don't even know what color to wear I'm with today. Yeah, I, I mean, to be honest with you, I, I agree with both of you guys. Uh, I, I definitely think, you know, kind of like dressing up for shows is not as important as it used to be, which I feel is kind of a shame because uh, that's kind of the fun part about going to shows is uh, yeah. seeing everyone dress up. And, uh, you, you know, it, it, I, I do think it's an important part of the culture and uh, for the scene to um, kind of dress up. There's a little bit of respect involved with that. But um, AJ makes a good point that, you know, back in the day, it was pretty hard to uh, acquire, you know, certain articles of clothing. Whereas now, you literally just go online and uh, you can just go to Nordstrom's. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But you could just, you can buy a whole wardrobe of all the stuff you want and have it shipped to you. And yeah, I remember getting my first Fred Perry. Uh, I was just like, I, I just like AJ, I think I wore it like pretty much every single day. And uh, I was proud. Yeah. It, was, it was definitely like a, like a nice thing to have that I was proud of wear. Yeah. All things like, so you, you as the listeners can't see, we all here can see. If you look over my left shoulder, there are, I have lost track of how many pairs of Adidas. 20 years ago, you had to go to a store and like find one and wait in line. Now I just get online and walk.
dudes. Man, lately, like my my style is like shit post as a life. Like I've been buying all these god awful Garfield shirts. So, but oh, the one that that Aaron got you. The uh, this is like Scorpio's serpent. <laughs> like w- world's greatest asshole Sagittarian. Well, Sagittarius. Yes, there you go. Yeah, he made that. That was hilarious. Yeah. Okay, so hold on. Let's not interrupt. Trying to get down to business. We're trying to. We have a special guest uh, on this episode. On this episode of the Scott Dads podcast, we're joined by Joanna uh, Wallace. Thank you for joining us, uh, Joanna. Yeah, thanks for having me. Head admin of Rudy's all around. (laughs) And 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 Joanna also does, you have your own design company too, like Miss Upsetter, uh, where you make shirts and pins and a variety of other uh, fashionable um, designs, right? Yeah. I launched my first scarf today. I was going to say, tell us about that, please. The scarf or the stuff I do? Both. Okay. Uh... So I've always been an artist and, you know, I studied fashion and all that jazz. And in the last few years, I was really pushed to make some enamel pins for another group I run, which is like a Star Wars fangirl space. And um, they wanted pins to be able to kind of identify each other at cons. So I went ahead and started doing that and they sold out multiple times over just for the group. And at first I was like, why do people want stuff for a Facebook group? That seems kind of lame. Um, but they loved it and so I started making some other stuff and I've started doing some ska stuff and um, it's it's just a fun way to get my art out there. Uh, the scarf that I launched today is inspired by uh, Princess Leia's cape on Cloud City and it's just kind of like a nice subtle fashion nod. I would yeah. like I, to I, old friend, hold on, I would like to old friend argue with you. I still remember buying pins from you in yeah. 2004. <laughs> so I remember you did a Wimless Ska set, and I still have that. It's still in the bag, wrapped because I never want to hurt them. Because they are such cool pins. And so again, thank you for doing your part in supporting the scene. And I would just say, just it's a podcast supporting Ska dads like us loving Ska music. So. Ska daddies. Well, you're welcome. And that's, I, I think that's sweet that you still have them, but yeah. So get up a dino. That was, that was before Miss Upsetter Designs. And that was all about like fashion and subculture shit too. So it was fun. I think I ordered some stuff too from, from that old website too, but I, I, I enjoyed your, um, you did a couple designs, like a, a Uroy um, shirt and a Alton, Alton Ellis shirt that I ordered in the last couple of yeah. years. Yeah. Thank but, uh, you. Yeah. Those, those are actually like designs I revived from Get Up a Dina because I used to sell those on Get Up a Dina, but I used to do like hand rolled like screen printed shirts, which were really fucking tedious. And uh, I was like, you know what? Technology is great. I'm going to recreate these vectors and pop them on Public. So, um, yeah, it's fun. It's a fun way to earn extra money. <laughs> Yeah. So, so thank you for joining us and kind of like the topic, I don't know if AJ kind of um, what sort of um, before information AJ gave you uh, for, for this episode, we're, we're covering like fashion in like the Scott scene. I think it's kind of like, you know, it's, it's one of those topics. It's, it's kind of all encompassing. I think it's kind of what we were discussing a few minutes ago is just like, you know, just to talk about fashion in like the Scott scene, it's like, there's a, a million different ways you can go with that. Um, but I, I sort of pose the question to everyone and we can kind of like restart, reset from here, but um, kind of thinking about like what band um, or bands for you kind of like led the way and for you to understand like fashion in the ska scene. But uh, what I was saying before was, uh, you know, just I know early records. Um, it could have been like, you know, like the Slackers, Better Late Than Never, uh, the My My Boston. It's like on the covers, they all had like wearing suits. And so that, that was kind of like my introduction of, hey, this music seems that everyone has like this old school style of dressing and it's, it's kind of about the suit. And this is before I knew about like Fred Perry and Ben Sherman and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, when you're young, when I was like 13 years old, 14 years old, you, you want to dress like the, the bands that you listen to. And so like that was like my kind of way of getting into 
I want to be identified with a certain type of music, which happened to be a ska. Yeah, and I, I think I kind of agree with that. I think I think too, like all the all those symbols that those bands used, it all kind of started with like the specials. And I, I, I know, you know, like the the two tone movement was kind of like the first time, like them playing on Saturday Night Live, just influenced a lot of like third wave bands. But but the fashion sense of the of the specials of them on stage, like wearing suits. And they all kind of represented different identities on stage, but they all kind of had this like fashion sense around them. Um, and of course, like, you know, that immediately brings up the imagery of like Walt Japsko and then um, like the... Um, um, Two-Tone Betty. Yeah, Two-Tone Betty. Um, so, so I think those symbols in the Two-Tone movement kind of started like the whole fashion sense that, that we kind of have today. Um, I think it can be traced back. I, I don't know, AJ, Joanna, whatever. You, I, I don't know what you guys think. Or, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I completely agree. And I feel like the the ska subculture itself, you know, uh, really started with two tone. Um, you know, there's ska fans in Jamaica. It was just the music of the time, and of course, people wore clothing of that era at the time. Um, so there really wasn't necessarily a subculture with that. And the iconic Rude Boy, those were criminals, <laughs> you know? So, um, yeah, they dressed really slick, but they didn't necessarily dress like how we think of them as this mythos. Um, the Two-Tone era created that mythos based off of, like, one picture of the Whalers, and that just kind of spiraled out. People created their own legend with that and their own style. And I think that that's prevalent even now. Um, for me, yeah, definitely. It was the two-tone era. And and I was lucky enough as a teenager to have uh, the two-tone story by George Marshall. And I just poured over it and yeah. kind of had my own interpretation of, of that. And as a woman, I really gravitated towards the body snatchers. Um, Pauline Black has amazing style and I wish I could pull her style off. I just can't. Like I look terrible in a hat. <laughs> so <laughs> I just, I tried it, it, it didn't work. Uh, but I really gravitated towards that body snatcher style and they weren't all strictly two-tone. Um, you know, they, they really had their own style and you know, it, it wasn't, it isn't necessarily like, you know, with like skinheads and stuff where there's kind of like a uniform, there's definitely more personal style in the ska subculture. And I love that and, you know, really pulled from their influences to influence my own uh, evolving fashion. Yeah, I think I, I, I read this article uh, with the specials bass player, Horace Panther, and he said, he talked about the creation of like Walt Japsko and how it was like, you know, kind of Jerry Dammer's idea, but they never copyrighted um, that. So it's like, you know, like the the Walt Japsko um, and um, the Betty. What was her name again? AJ. Be Betty. Be Betty. Yeah, like those those images aren't copyrighted. So I think that's interesting too. That by them not copywriting them, um, you know, those images and and style is still used to, to this day and like people make shirts I mean of course the, it, like Cars Panther was like you know if we copyrighted this we, we would be making we would have millions of dollars for all these like the, all the different companies and things that have used that symbol but I think it's also kind of a interesting uh, side note that, that those images weren't copyrighted so it led to like those symbols being used over and over again um because, because I think the graphic art, like that, that stuff to this day, like, you know, people still use that art and those symbols and that represents the ska scene just as much as like a checkerboard. And that, like as someone who recently like redid some two-tone art, it was a really interesting exercise as an artist because you, when you recreate art, you fit, like get in the head of the artist and I've seen this image that I've recreated so many times and getting into the nitty gritty of it, it's so weird. And it, it was obviously drawn with a Sharpie and it it's just, it's so bizarre, but it's so iconic. Like people, I think even have looked at my recreation of, of the two on the scooter 
and they don't they they're just like oh yeah it's just the same thing but i've made a lot of adjustments to it like beat betty's face was jacked before <laughs> like, i was I gonna say i actually stole that image yeah because i i remember i scanned in a lot of my two-tone story um back then and kind of cleaned up some images and shared them but that's kind of why i shared it is i wanted to have that source material out there for people and and the, those uh, george marshall books too like like you know like for me too they were kind of like a classic and a, and a gateway to find out about like fashion and style um in like the early uh i i don't know i guess like the the late 90s when i got into everything um mid to late 90s i guess but like like the information wasn't out there so like you kind of had to really search around to find um information you know like we would have to drive up to new york and new jersey to get like clothes in you know like like that stuff like the fred perry's um dr martin boots all that stuff there weren't a lot of places that even sold those and you know you couldn't order stuff online like you can today so i, I it was it was a struggle to find some of those things. Uh, but I think that's what's important is you know like back in the day because I remember you know making those trips too you know going up to New York or uh, you, you know like to like Philly wherever to uh, you know buy the clothes because you couldn't like do the mail order. Um, I think two tone. What was that store in New York? Like it's called like two the two tone store or something like that. There was also ninety nine X. Ninety nine X. Yeah, there was that store too. But you know, you go to show and you see somebody that's all dressed up. You, you see them as more like they're very committed to like the scene and the style because you know they're putting more effort into it. Whereas like now, you can literally just go online and buy everything, and it's just easier. And so it's just. Uh, Somebody used to dress up a lot more. You can see like their dedication to like the music. Yeah, and those that's a cultural signifier and an identifier to know like this is a friend. This is someone who likes what I like. And even just the way like anyone can buy a suit, anyone can buy a Fred Perry, but it's how you wear it and how you style it really shows who you are. Whether you're, whether you're a tennis player or you know into the Scott scene. It's a thin line, but yeah. When, when I when I was when I was like uh, 16, going to a ska show, I just remember there was this guy who was a bass player in um, this really cool band called the Preschoolers, and they were they were a really small local band. Um, but I just remember he he was standing in like the back of the show, had a bomber jacket on with about 50 different patches and pins, uh, and it was like for me, it was like the coolest thing ever because. None of my friends. We we wore suits to shows, but we didn't have we didn't have a bomber jacket. We didn't have patches. We didn't have all these pins. And he just was like the cool. And like no one could even like approach him because he was standing in the back. He looked so cool. And, <laughs> and, and then I, I just remember a few years later, I got my own bomber jacket, and that was like a thing. And like I would go up to people at shows, and they would have a patch, like a like a pie tasters patch. Uh, you know, um, a selector patch or slackers, you know, some band that I was interested in. And, and, you know, we would bond over them having that patch. And that was a good way to make friends at a show. Just that common bond of, oh, hey, you have a patch. I like this band or I saw this band a year ago. Yeah, it, it was the natural progression. I remember since like, all right, when I saw it, Walt Justin first, I was like, all right, I have to figure out how to wear a black suit and a white shirt. And I'll wear that and I'll be a rude boy. And I remember like, Having my sister take a Polaroid of me at 16 and be like, like trying to make like a tough face and like, I'm a rude boy. And that was something I still have. I still get mocked by my entire family. But it was like that. And you know, like six months later, like, you're like, oh, now I need a bomber jacket with on top of my suit. And he still had like the, the not perfectly fitting suit. You got a bomber jacket. And then to your point, it's like, okay. Now I have a bomber jacket. Wait, it's not cool enough. I need patches and pins and stuff. And like, that to me was like when I was young, every time I went to a show, I bought a pin and a patch. I buy shirts and have money for that. And it was like, I'm gonna learn how to sew. I'm gonna learn how to be patches on. I can put pins all the way down or on the side and like, all be as cool as that, that older guy. And like it's like slow progression until you become that older guy who has the things and that you know somebody else has been up to. Yeah, I mean, I mean that was the thing. Like you go to a show and you see somebody that has something that you want or that you want to wear because you look at him. He's like, oh man, that guy is freaking cool. 
I want to look like that. So, you know, you go out, you buy the stuff, and then you go to another show, and somebody else has, I don't know, like a hat, or is wearing braces or something. You're like, okay, you know what? I want to get that. And yeah, you just start building up, building up. And, you know, it's kind of corny, but you want to build up to, like, you want to look like that other guy, like, that's in the scene, that's getting all the respect, and uh, he, he just looks cool. And You want to be super sus all the time. Yeah. Well, that's that's so uh, unique uh, and and different when you get, when you think about other like subgenres and other and other genres of music too. Like, no one's going to like fish concerts and like wearing like things like that. Personally, I, I mean, maybe they are, but I, I don't really see that. Like, I think oh, like in the Scott, maybe maybe, you know? maybe maybe the punk community, but um, with 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 those kinds of things. But I don't know. Yeah, and like. I, I think with like the ska music, uh, it, it touches on like other cultures or like other uh, music genres that are involved with like fashion too. I mean, you know, in the mid '90s, ska was kind of like kind of mixed in with uh, like the swing movement, and so the idea of like zoot suits were coming, making comeback, and so you were seeing like a lot of bands that were doing like the two tone style wearing suits, but kind of mixed with like you know the zoot suits as well, and so. Yeah. So for me, it was one, one of those local things. Is like, so growing up, we walked around DC. That's like the pie tasters who wore suits. We kind of broached the topic of how to, how fashion's kind of changed, but I don't know. We're coming off like this pandemic, and things are opening up. People are going to shows. Uh, some people are, are heading to Supernova in September. Uh, what 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 is what do you think the future of fashion is like after this pandemic after a year of not really caring like what you wear what you what what people are dressed in like I think everyone's taken a step back into casual wear I've I've definitely purchased more uh, sweat clothes in the last year than I have purchased any other any sort of other clothing so where's fashion headed for I think it's going to go in one or two directions it's either keyboard's going to continue just being like you know what. I just don't care, and uh, I, I'm just going to keep wearing what's comfortable. Or, you know, people are going to go back to shows, and you know, they're like, you know, I've been locked up for a year, so you know, when I go to show, I want to dress up again. And so you might start seeing people uh, bring back the idea of uh, you know dressing up for shows again, which is what I'm kind of expecting. Yeah, I, I hope it's it's a little bit of both. Like I know for for Supernova, like I'm planning a full on like fashion show. <laughs> Cause it's been a minute, um, you know, buying whole new outfits and all that, that jazz. But at the same time, like I, I mean, I've almost always gone all out formal at shows. Um, but I think over the past year with me just getting more comfortable wearing like casual clothes, like before all of this, I would not have been caught dead in public in yoga pants. Like absolutely not. And now I'm like, you know what? Yoga pants are the best uh i'm gonna wear them like at shows and i can move around more and all that and maybe like wear a normal sneaker to a show (laughs) i'm with you on that yeah because like i would wear heels and stockings and foundation wear and the whole dress and i'm so i'm like i'm probably gonna be one or the other camp like either super extreme or super casual (laughs) i'm 100 i'm like either gonna go like super nice or just like trap pants and a t-shirt I don't care. It's gonna be annoying and hot and long all day. What? What? Um. Yeah. I. 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 I think it's interesting too. Like, does anyone have any like bands that like stand out to you that that have like a keen? I know we've mentioned some that have a keen like fashion sense. And I'll I'll start this one with. I just remember um, the first time I booked uh the Agrolites in on the East Coast and. Two thousand four. 2000 yeah 2004 and it just thinking about the way they dress compared to like so many of the other bands that that i even booked from from the east coast and from florida from texas the agrolytes they they had this almost like uniform about them um and that's the way they carried themselves on stage but but also the way they looked visually like it was almost like a statement and kind of made me think of like you know, bands like like The Clash, um, you know, not necessarily like a reggae or ska band, but 
they had the same ethos of just being like a united front. And, and that's what the, the, I think that's some of the power fashion can have in, in the ska scene and, and just in music in general, just creating something powerful on stage. Can, do you guys have any other bands like that that, you, that that have like stood out to you? So I'll say just again, always going local and some positives. They never, none of them ever did that pizza. None of them ever wore butt nuts. And then one was in, so it's like, oh, it's got to be the uniform thing you have to do. And then you get there. So that's kind of the, uh, the subculture thing in the stop. And everyone wears your slacks and your bed shirt or your seat and your bed shirt. And then, like, same band with the tofu thing. It's like, no, oh, sometimes you can wear jeans and a button. Wear jeans and like a t-shirt. And then things like that. As it got like, more uh, all-encompassing, then there's, like, the scout punk show. Oh, well, you don't have to wear, like, what, uh, this regular stuff. You can wear, like, shorts and stuff and band shoes and, like, all that comes together as an affirmation of, like, I can pick what I want to wear at the show. So I think European bands really bring the style, like across the board. Uh, Pepper Pots come to mind. They are super sharp all the time. And I recommend everyone to just watch their videos because their aesthetic is just top notch. Um, you're right about the Agrolites. I've seen them so many times. Like, I mean, they're probably one of the top bands I've seen because they used to live out in Phoenix and they were there all the time in the early days. Um, they always were super coordinated. Hepcat, always top notch. And um, the Jamaican singers always bring their game. Always, always, always. So I love seeing their fashion. You know, the, the times that I've had the privilege to see them, they are always in their show clothes and that's definitely like an old school jamaican thing and i love it so much because it's not it's not style that is subculture style or what you see musicians in the scene wear now but it's just usually so bright and so different and i love it every time i see them yeah i think it's a general i think it's a generational thing too like it's just like like i i don't know like they're close they're close to my, my like grandparents age or like in between my parents and grandparents age and that that style and fashion i i that's a really good point john i, I agree sorry aj what were you saying you know like i remember like, like Derek morgan at uh like, yeah you could have worn a nice blue suit but you wore the fanciest shiniest blue suit yeah, they all do. And and the women who I've had the privilege of seeing, they, they're in like evening gowns, like high end, like beaded, beautiful stuff. And if you look back, so like Patsy Todd, um, I, I was, I'm not trying to name drop here. She played with the prize fighters. She's been to my house <laughs> and, you know, she was super casual practicing. But then when it came showtime, she was on and she was a true pro just you know she she turned her performer self on she had her full gown on and you could tell like when she put that on that was that was like the final touch that she needed to perform and it was just such a treat and you know it's uh, I, I just love it so much because it, if you compare it back to the 60s and look at those pictures from then it's very similar and I love how that they've kept their style yeah that's a, that's a good point and I think too like um, I don't know, Ryan. Do you remember going to the Glenn Adams uh, birthday um, party show? And like, was it was somewhere in New York? Uh, it was, yeah, yeah. It, I don't remember what year it was. It, it had to be probably. It was probably two thousand nine, two thousand eight. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, about before. eleven, probably like eleven, twelve years ago. And I think too, like like seeing like those Jamaican legends like like john was saying like they, they definitely bring a certain style um and elegance to to fashion and i i, I don't know um what, what do you think ryan like is there any other other band that that you that sticks out to you yeah like um uh, well joanna mitch mentioned a uh, hepcat but like one thing i've been noticing is like a lot of bands from mexico uh they've been seemed like a lot of those bands, like it seemed like they were all like kind of dan- uh, dressing up to the 90s these days and um, taking um, fashion pretty seriously. And uh, 
Now, I mean, that's stuff I want to see when I'm looking at a band. Uh, I'm not a big fan of going to a show and watching just everyone just like in t-shirts and jeans. Um, I like to see a band that's like dressed up. See, that's why I want to argue because like growing up on the East Coast, you had bands like Inspector Seven, now Hub City, yet the Mephiscopolis. They were the antithesis of the dress up look proper. It was Doc Martens, jeans, and t-shirts. And like, at a ska show, you're wearing boy or hardcore shirts. And like, that was something that kind of hit me as well. It's like, you don't have to go to a ska show and wear a ska shirt. You can wear a shirt as a man. Or like, you don't have to go to a ska show and wear a sky uniform. If you're having a rough day, you know what? Wear your camo shorts and wear a blank tee. Whatever. But the thing is, though, the camo shorts and like the band t shirt, that's a style. Okay. I, I, no, 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 no. We're, we're going to get so to that in a little bit. I'm, I'm, I'm just different. throwing that out there to, to, to merge this part to the next part. So. Like that, I totally get. I understand that. And uh, I mean, my summer uniform is a undershirt with camo shorts and like sambas. And so yep. I totally get that. It, that is part of the scene, the culture. Totally, I understand that. I'm just talking about, um, you, you know, like I don't want to see a band that just got off of work and they're wearing like their office clothing. Uh, that to me, that's just not interesting. Or it doesn't really send out a message about uh, like the band. I've seen, I've seen it happen. I mean, yeah, I've seen yeah. it. I, I, I've seen it both ways too, so. And like, and I get it. I mean, if it's like a local show, like that's that's different. You know, if we're talking about like a, a band that's you know that has some sort of draw into it, uh, you know, like I like to see a band that's kind of dressed up. You know, they're performing. Yeah, and I, I think something something powerful can be said with just like having some some unifying factor. It, it makes it. It also. It, I think it's like a visual thing. Like you know, there's an aesthetic there. Like. If everyone's wearing like the same colors, it's just it's just a powerful message, I think, too. And I I, I don't know. I, I guess it can be cheesy too at the same time. Like like if everyone's wearing like a Hawaiian shirt, like there, there's a certain level. Of- I don't want to call out a band, but I will. Well, boys and judging you go. They've done shows where they've done the all Hawaiian stuff. I'm like, I, it looks good, but too much of it could be. But they're Hawaiian. Like, <laughs> I know, I know. That's literally what I'm saying. Like, it, I get it, but at the same time, it's like, oh man. No man, like, like cheesy doesn't have to be bad. Uh, I mean, cheesy's entertaining, and you're going to show. Yeah. There's definitely a good kind of cheese. And there's definitely a bad kind of cheese. I'm not saying that a bad kind of cheese. I'm just saying it's still cheese, and I love cheese though. You know, like as we call. Yeah, but I mean, it's just, I think it's fun to kind of dress up and go to shows. Uh, there's there's just something about that, you know, it, it, it creates like a level of excitement. If, if it's just like, all right, hey, I'm just going to go to show and uh, I'm just going to wear what I'm, what I'm wearing now, uh, which is which is completely fine. Um, it's not like I have like a hatred towards that, but there's something fun and enjoyable about dressing up to go to a show. You know, it's like you're going out for yeah. the evening. I, I gotta tell you, so my last real show I went to was December 2019 in New York. Nobody goes to Dr. Snobbers. And I was like, I could go to the show in you know, like shorts and like a t shirt and whatever. I'm like, no, you know what? I'm traveling three hours. I'm gonna go straight up with the Paulist Ox Blood back lines. I'm gonna wear this skin tight Levi's 501s. I'm gonna put on a checkerboard Fred Perry and a sweater and go that show. And I did. And you know what? It was amazing. So it was like so many of our friends wore their good clothes. And it was, it was amazing just like to hang out with a bunch of friends and like go to a Scott show and look great. Yeah, man. I mean, it's a lot of fun to go out with your friends and everyone's looking nice. And uh, it makes it, in my opinion, just a more like a memorable uh, experience. Yeah, and yeah, yeah and I, I think too, like like you were saying, like when you're around people you know, and and 
a scene like has has that elements of a family and stuff like th those those that's what makes like the ska scene the reggae scene like so special um what about what about fashion what about fashion faux pas like are there any uh any any fashion regrets anyone here wants to admit to i will go ahead and get this first so yeah, I, I, this I, question I, was for AJ. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, hats. Hats is something I'm going to hit really hard. So, we've all known that hats are a part of the scene. Depending on what type of a hat, it can be a trilby or like a four pie. I remember being like 17 and like, I want a pork pie. But I didn't get a pork pie. I got a knockoff version with a flat top, and I was like, I think I look super cool. Nope. One of the worst $17 I've ever spent in my entire life, and I, I'm i glad I got drunk and dropped it in ketchup so I could throw it away. Because yeah. I was like, what? What <laughs> where does it get? Two, I will say, is I, like most skinheads, uh, went through a hat phase of wearing like the Boston Scally cap and oh my god I regret that uh, it was not a good look and I also remember uh, when I was 22 or 23 I went through one of those like cabby like hat phases and did not enjoy that it was I see pictures of myself and I was like Jesus Christ yeah that is cool. Yeah. I think like a lot of issues is, you know, you, people wear something and they just don't have like the confidence to wear it. And so it, it, that's like a red flag. You can see that like a mile away. And, you know, you see, you see the guy trying, which is cool and nice. But, uh, you know, it, it's, it's like the guy, I guess, like the fresh cut that's wearing like the really baggy polo shirt and mm. like the really baggy jeans rolled up and uh, a pair of boots that are not like grinders, Doc Martens. And, uh, but yeah, he's, he's trying to look like a skinhead. You know, he just got into the scene and uh, it's just not working. But um, I mean, that's part of fashion is just trial and error. Like there's definitely things I've, that I've seen other people wear and I'm like, that is badass. But I just know for myself, I'll never be able to wear it. Like I would love to wear like a park by hat, but yeah, uh, <laughs> I, can, I can never pull it off. <laughs> you know, I mean, I still wear a scully cap all the time and uh, that's just, I've just been wearing one for years, and it's just to me, it's just like wearing a baseball cap. But if I was wearing like a pork pie hat, it's like I feel like I'm trying to, I'm like people know I'm trying, like I'm pulling it off for like the first day. And then like, like, like you can pull off the scully cap, I can't. You can't pull off a baseball cap, I can't. It's just That's one true. of those things of like, yeah, I'm just like, I can wear a baseball hat and it's fine. Like I don't wear a baseball hat. And I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. You know, like, I mean, like, I used to wear Doc Martens, and there was a point where I just got tired of just wearing Doc Martens. And, uh, you know, I, I still think they're like a good shoe and all that, or a good boot. But, uh, you know, I switched over to some, like, when I'm going out and I want to dress up, instead of wearing Docs, you know, I just started wearing like robes instead. And, uh, you know, I just, I just feel more confident in that. And, uh, I mean, that's just how it goes sometimes. I don't know if you can see, so if you guys look over my shoulder, I have retired all of my Doc Martens and they're now on display in this calyx in my office. Oh, wow. Yeah, because when you get older, you get certain things like pentar fasciitis and you cannot wear Doc Martens. And uh, it's on fun. I wore right. a pair of three eyes to dinner with my wife recently and I was like, I'm going to go home because I don't care about dinner right now. I regret this whole decision. They make they make insults. For, to oh, no, I have custom insults for everything. They're still that bad. Yeah, on that note, like, that's really my only regret is, like, shoe choice because I've just fucked up my feet and my Achilles tendons so much wearing heels or docks or whatever, you know, for hours on end. And I, I used to put the uh, fashion over comfort like so like to the point where i couldn't walk for like two days after a show you know <laughs> which is really stupid and yeah as you get older you just can't do that anymore it's the shit you do for ska fucking fashion yeah 
You have to go see a podiatrist. That's uh. That's... <laughs> and I have. <laughs> They actually told me that they could tell that I used to wear heels all the time because of my Achilles tendons. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I was really stupid, so. Yeah, I don't think the, I don't think the podiatrist is gonna care. Like, you did it for this, I did it for the ska scene. <laughs> like, uh, I did it for the scene. Uh, uh. Yeah, I think like another one for me was uh, mutton chops. I tried for years to wear like mutton chops and uh, you, you know, like I, lo I look back at pictures now and sometimes I'm like, hey, I looked all right. But for the most part, I'm like, oh man, you, you know, no wonder my girls weren't coming up to me. For a I'm a hundred percent with you because I had mutton chops on and off for three or four years and 99.8% they look like trash. But I was like, oi, 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 I look good. And it was not true. No, it's like you look like a Civil War general. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I remember like, I was waiting for tables at the time. And one of like, my uh, guests at the table, like, she asked me if I was like Amish. And I was like, no, not even close. <laughs> I'm Ska, I'm not Amish. You're Amish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, like Amish. And then, that's a good. Uh, that's a good band name. I think it is a band, actually. Then when I was younger, I was I used to work at a deli years ago, and I had my chops, and it was a Jewish deli. And when the uh, when the patrons, she thought I was like an Orthodox Jew, and uh, yeah, like I, I was always getting called out for something that I wasn't, and it was never like flattering. <laughs> Not like I'm against either culture. It's just uh, fashion-wise, just didn't work for me. So I, I have a question for you all. Do, do you have any ska fashion don'ts, in your opinion? Like, hmm. you know, people are welcome to wear whatever or style however they want, but do you have any things that you are just like, no? Okay, so I, I will jump into this because I was... So I had so, so one of the big things in the scene that I've always been a part of and I've always respected and done is like, you know what, older heads give you stuff. Like, you know what, hey, I respect you, you've grown up. Here, let me give you a friend pair, let me give you a shirt. I had an old head give me a probably the ugliest sweater I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> It was like one of those like super fuzzy white like Fred Perry soccer or sorry tennis sweaters from like the seventies. Just this tiny logo. He's like, it has a Fred Perry. You should appreciate it. And I'm like, I'm 22. I know this looks like shit. Like I don't want to disrespect you and say I don't want it, but I'm gonna take it home and throw it away. And that's one of the things like when you. I'm here. I'm just saying that goddamn sweater was the most disgusting thing in the world I've ever seen. I don't even know why they fucking made it in the first place. No, that's a good point. There's a lot of ugly ass Fred Perry shit, even now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have a share of uh, ugly hand-me-down Fred Perry stuff. Like, like, uh, I, I think I had this striped. Uh, There's a green like um, the stripes were vertical instead of like horizontal, and it was like, oh my god, like total eyesore. Yeah, it's a world on it. You don't have to wear it, but I th I think a big thing is, and I think it, it goes across any type of fashion. If it doesn't fit, just don't wear it. No matter like how cool it looks, you know, if, if it's just like too big on you or like it's just like the wrong size, just like you know, just just don't wear it. I'll add on that is just because it has the fucking logo, don't wear it because um. Prepping for this episode, and I was like, "All right, try, try name an item of clothing that I don't have that has a Fred Perry logo on it." And I really couldn't think of one because I was like, "I have track pants, I have sweatpants, I have sleeping pants, I have underwear, I have socks, I have shirts, I have t-shirts, I have pants." Like, I was trying to think of an item of clothing that I could find a Fred Perry logo on, and I have almost every single fucking platform on the wall. Because you're a brand whore, and that that's okay. Hey, uh, hey. I mean, Sky for- Dad is Sky Dad brand whore. Like, 
hair. And I also think you should only wear like one like, piece of article of clothing from like that brand. Like you shouldn't wear multiple <laughs> like, so brands. AJ is so AJ is guilty of this. I, I don't even no, no. know. Uh, so one of my favorite Halloween costumes was uh, Skinhead of all brands, where I wore every band brand that a skinhead would wear, top to bottom, and it was one of the most uncomfortable things ever because I had to wear like seven layers of like jackets. Let's 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 go through what were you wearing. So. Uh, let's see. So I had, I had Levi's on, it's, it's easy. But then I had a Merc shirt. I had a Lonsdale hoodie on top of that. I had a Fred Perry track jacket. I had a Ben Sherman track jacket. Um, I had, uh, had another track jacket on top of that. Then I had a bomber jacket. And I had like three hats and I was like, I'm wearing every had cliche like company at the same time it's impressive and it was miserable i i got like three laughs out of it and he's like what the fuck's wrong with you? I, was like, I thought it was hilarious deep cut joke deep. i know no one's <laughs> gonna get it except with like us or like three people and some say he's still wearing a costume today <laughs> hey, there's like 100 Adidas things in this picture. We, I mean, we have we have some uh, mutual friends that have kind of jumped uh, subgenres, uh, I mean subcultures throughout, like you know, a, a period, right? Like there, there's a there's at least one person we, um, the three of us may know. I did, Joanna, you probably don't know him, but um, yeah, we, I, I don't, I don't know. There are people that kind of jump through stuff, right? Like, like. I don't know. I, mean, I don't know where I was going. I don't know. One thing I, I, I don't want to call it jumping for me is like to Ryan's point earlier, like camo shirts and a tee. For me, it's like I don't consider myself just a skydiver. Being a skinhead, I'm a part of the hardcore scene, the reggae scene. There is a difference there. I'm a part of the mod scene. I'm a part of the DJs. I'm a part of just the bar scene. It's like everything has like its own like minutia of clothing so like the joke i've always made is like all right one day i will have a electronic suit the next day i'll have boots and braces and fred perry and a sweater the next day i'll have like, camo shorts and an agnostic front it's gonna have a t-shirt the next day i'll have on like a secret affair shirt and like some fancy pants like every day like your style can change depending on your mood the genre that's on your playlist like even today like, i will wear a different color of adidas based on my mood if i'm in a, a style mood i will wear my black and white mood. if i'm in a punk rock party for a white mood i'll wear my wear my, my red boots. so so your clothing is like a mood ring Kind of. Okay. Yeah. Like, I, I, I think that can make sense. And like, I, I get, I understand people that do that. Um, it's cool. I mean, you're allowed to wear whatever you want to wear. You know, it's completely fine. I think where the issue lies with that is the people that, I guess, like they're claiming one thing one day, then they're claiming something else the next day. Y you know, and I, I think for some people that might piss, like if, if somebody's like really into like, the skinhead culture and there's a guy that's dressing up like a skinhead one day but then the next day he's you know a like dressed up like a skate punk you know like i can see how like, it can kind of piss off some people a little bit because you know they're, they're taking that style pretty seriously they're taking that culture seriously and you're seeing somebody just like flipping around to different cultures you're almost kind of treating like a joke or just not taking it seriously is it a little bit like is it necessary maybe not but i mean people get offended by that kind of stuff Again, like the, the biggest part of subculture is foreign letters, seeing wealthy people. I don't mean this in a bad way. It's, I won't say indoctrination, but like this is something we love and care about. We apply to all parts of our lives every day. Like, fine, nine to five, whatever we are. But I know everyone on this, on this chat after five o'clock is not the nine to five person. 
you're a person, hey, if you want to relax, we can listen to ska or reggae, or maybe you can listen to like punk or hardcore. That's who you are. Like, if you want to relax, you're not going to wear an Abercrombie fit shirt. You're going to wear something that makes you happy when you're looking something there. Like, like, yeah, like, I, I, like, I think I think I think a lot of those ideals though are changing with like the different the younger generation now. Like like um, I kind of think of like uh, what Grover said to us on like the scooter episode. This dies with us, kind of thing, right? Like I don't know if the younger generation really buys into all that um, and cares as much about fashion. Uh, what, what do you guys? What does everyone think about that? Yeah, and, no, absolutely not. Um, absolutely not. It's it's very different. Uh, you know, back with us, I, and, and I don't mean this is a bad thing. Like they can like whatever flavor ska and whatever like way they want to, but I feel like it's very different because for us, like we didn't have social media to connect and to basically be in to a scene. We had to work for it. You know, we had to find the venue, go in person, talk to people in real life, look for records, look for those clothing, look for those subcultural signifiers. We had to really work for it. Whereas now, you know, anyone can join a ska group and say they're part of a ska scene and just like, you know, interact in whatever way they would like to. And, you know, some people do get into the real life subculture, like traditional kind of subcultures that way, um, you know, just through means of, of finding just different music. But I, I really thought that I would see younger people getting into like the more trad ska scene and taking on the subculture, but I don't. And I'm yeah. 35 and I'm often like one of the youngest people who dresses in that style. And, you know, it, it is what it is, you know, mm-hmm. if, if it's more open, that's fine. But, you know, I just, I, I think people are a little bit more wishy-washy and that they belong to so many different things these days that, it's not really necessary to find a crew or, or social group where you can interact in that same way and get that same kind of... And that's exactly why I hate social media and Instagram and TikTok because it takes away the face race interaction of getting to know people, learn people, and learning in real life versus like, I can Google anything I want and I'll be an expert. Like putting the time and effort in is how you. I hate to say this, everyone's gonna take this the wrong way. Like, you have to earn your place, and that's effort, research, like going, doing things, commitment. Yeah, exactly. Commitment. Well, I I think too, a lot of it speaks on identity too. Like, like, um, like what Joanna was saying to like kind of build on that was just like, like when I was when I was. uh, you know, discovering like Scott reggae music when I was like 14, 15, 16, you know, to, to read about this, to go out and read like zines and find magazines. And eventually, as I got older, create my own zines and start writing articles. It, it, it shaped my identity to be like in the ska scene as, you know, someone who followed like Rude Boy culture, fashion, and skinhead culture, fashion. Um, and, and it expanded my world of knowledge too, like beyond ska, like seeing other bands that that were kind of that would play with ska bands too. Like it opened up a world for me. It opened up like you know having friends that are in the punk scene, having friends that are in like the reggae scene. Like like it all mixes together at some points too. And I, I think our culture and society has kind of mixed stuff up, and that's okay. Um, that that. I don't know if it's an age thing, a generational thing, but I feel like too, like everything, like the ska scene encompasses so much now too. Yeah, again, that's the whole point of like having, you know, having all these things, having all these things, it opens up and puts every channel together, whether you want it or not, whether you do it or not, like it's all there, like, again, Literally, what we're doing right now could not happen 20 years ago, 10 years ago, maybe even five years ago. Like, we would have to sit in a room with four microphones to record a podcast. Now, we're sitting in different locations 
recording a podcast. One person who's, I think, 1,200 miles away, I think it is, Joe. But, like, yeah, it's just yeah, it's one of those things, like, this is what is good about it. Then there's the bad, the fact that anybody can do it and get in this. And, like, one of the things I'm going to learn to get pause is, like, the thing I was going to say is, I don't want to put down anybody. But to get to a certain place, you have to earn something. You have to work for it. You have to do the efforts and put in the effort. And in this day and age, you don't have to put in the effort or do the effort. You can get all that done through the internet. You know, that's one thing that bothers me though, is all four of us here on this call have done that, that hard work of going to shows, not knowing anybody, not being able to talk on Facebook groups or on Facebook channels or whatever, or TikTok. Or, you really went to a show, even if you were nervous and you wanted to talk to one person or two people or three people. And maybe like one out of five people was nice to you. You got to know them. And that's how you built your social network. It's now just like, oh, I'm on Facebook, I'm a quick ad friend, like, hey, you want to be my friend and talk about Scott? And that's how it is. Or not even that, like people will just friend you and not interact and kind of absorb ska for you in that way. Yeah. On a group, um, like Aaron and I talk about this a lot of just like, there, there are these huge, huge ska Facebook groups. Um, I mean, Rudy's all around is definitely not one of them, but there are ones that are just massive. But how many of those people actually go to shows? like in real life you know is this is do they think of these groups as just kind of like a place to absorb some music or you know just memes what have you yeah. i don't know but i That's think shows start up again um you know there's there's been a big push especially in the scott punk community about how big things are and things are popular and L, uh you know a brooklyn vegan they're writing about scott and all this but is that actually going to happen in real life i don't know you know yeah. if, if it does Again, jeff rosenstock isn't the parameter of scott yeah he's doing one thing one time in one situation is that going to lead to an amazing downstream effect if it does i'm all for it at the same time i know it's not going to so i don't have an acceptance yeah, and I mean, we could hope that all boats rise, but I think all of us, we've been in the scene long enough to see things ebb and flow. And I mean, even for people who do go to shows, you know, they'll say, oh yeah, I'm gonna, gonna go to that show. gonna, or the, And then they ask to be on the set or on the guest list, or then they just don't show up. So yeah. like, I'm not saying for these folks to have a rude awakening, but I, I think that it's it may not be as big as they think it may be when normalcy comes back because yeah. the internet is not real right i'm yeah. gonna say that one more time two more times and three more times the internet is not real life the internet is not real life what you do on the internet is not real life like you say three times. no no no, no. what times. you do on the internet might hit you in a real life because that's when somebody's fist in your face all right. So, uh, Joanna, you, you sent some songs to AJ. D can you stick around for a little bit longer? Or? Oh, yeah. I'm not, I'm not doing Jack. Okay. Right, so, <laughs> he wants to have a... I'm, I'm, taking, a I'm taking a five. I'm taking a five because I need a cigarette. Okay. Hold, 